my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Back in 1978, on October 22nd, Pope John Paul II looked out upon the throng of people that was in St. Peter's Square, and he preached a rousing and poetic homily that really has become historic. This was the day of his inauguration as Pope. It was the first time a Polish Pope had been elected. And as began his homily during that historic Mass, he evoked the image of Christ speaking to Simon Peter in the territory of Caesarea Philippi. Peter had risen up among the rest and had made a testimony of faith about who Christ really was. And you'll remember how Jesus said, Because neither flesh nor blood have revealed it to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So the Pope said, These are words of faith. So Jesus then said to him, You are Peter, rock, and upon you, as upon a rock, I shall build my church. These were the words that Pope John Paul II evoked now, now that he himself was Pope. He must have been shaking as he realized that he was the successor of that rock, of that Peter, that had been chosen by Christ himself that God was really asking him now to be a rock and that he would be given the grace to lead the church into the new millennium. This was 1978, so it was still a while before the new millennium. But that's how he saw his mission. And he talked about how Peter came to Rome and he evoked that same that, that, that famous novel by Henrik uh, uh, Senkiewicz called uh, Quo Vadis, which depicted the early years of the church and the persecution against the Christians in Rome, and especially that very famous moment when Peter said, you know, this is too much persecution, I'm out of here, I can't take this, so he decides to leave Rome by the Via Appia, and as he's going out, on his way out, he meets, well, he meets Christ, and he asks Jesus, Covades uh, Domine, where are you going, Lord? And that famous reply, I go to Rome to be crucified for the second time. Kind of like saying, I'm going back to Rome because you are too afraid. And so this must have been some form of a vision of some kind, but Peter turned back to, to Rome and he stayed there until he himself was uh, crucified in Nero's Circus, which is right next to St. Peter's uh, Basilica today. As you know, he was crucified upside down because he did not feel worthy to be crucified in the same way as his Lord. So Pope John Paul II evoked that powerful scene, and he said that, as he, as he said this, he said that 
well, popes in the past would now have been crowned with the tiara, but Paul VI only used it once and then kind of stored it away, and Pope John Paul I dropped it altogether. He didn't, he wasn't interested in using that. He said it was better to focus not so much on the imagery of apparent temporal power, which it wasn't necessarily, but that's how it was interpreted, temporal power, but rather to focus more on the power of Christ, he said. And there, right there, in the midst of so many thousands of people, Pope uh, John Paul II made a, a beautiful and humble prayer openly out to everybody. He said, O Christ, make me able to become and to be a servant of your unique power, a servant of your gentle power, a servant of your power that has no sundown. Make me able to be a servant, in fact, a servant of your servants. That's the servant of the servants of God. He was evoking there, uh, without quoting him explicitly, but he was evoking there the famous line from St. Gregory the Great, the great Pope who said he was a servant of the servants of God. But in its, at its climax, that, that homily, he, he issued a number of challenges. Each challenge was punctuated with these famous words, Non avete paura. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to serve. Do not be afraid to break down the doors for Christ. He said, don't let yourself be invaded by doubt or desperation. He said, so then allow me, I beg you, I implore you with confidence. And, uh, you know, he said, and with humility and confidence, allow Christ to speak to man. Christ alone has words of life, yes, of eternal life, he said. And uh, he continued in Polish, he continued in French, back in Italian, addressing the Romans, addressing the cardinals, addressing the priests, and then really addressing everybody. And today, 42 years later, well, he's a saint. He's on the altars. And we give thanks to God today for his life. And uh, really, how, how you could say, in his life, he translated those words not to be uh, afraid because he used those words often even a few years after that when he was in the US he he spoke in the US in some amphitheater there in Los Angeles I, th I think it was he said do not be afraid open your hearts to Christ do not be afraid to let the moral standards of Christ enter into your life really is what he was saying now, that doesn't mean that Pope John Paul II was, was somehow uh, fearless. He did not live without fear. And he did not deny fear. But he lived beyond fear. His courage was an expression of his faith. And he was able to rise above the, the paralyzing powers of fear. And indeed, in his life, he had to face some of the worst fears. Imagine that. He was eight years old when his mother died. Then he was 12 years old when his only sibling, Edmund, died of scarlet fever. And, and Edmund had been studying medicine and he was a brilliant guy. But he died. And then when he was 19, um, his country was invaded and occupied by Nazi Germany. 
And then when he was 20 years old, he lost his father. His father died, his mother was already dead, now he was completely alone in the world. Hmm? He had very little family. And then throughout the Nazi years, he, he, he belonged to a church that was persecuted, he had to go underground. Hmm? I mean, it was a time when parish priests were being deported to concentration camps. Uh, a number of them perished there. And during the war and afterwards, he was, he was part of this underground religious and cultural movement. He was part of the resistance. He worked in a, in a, in a, in a mine. Uh, he was hit by a truck. Uh, and, uh, and indeed, during the period of the Soviet domination, many of the hierarchy disappeared or basically fell to assassination. Mm -hmm. Uh, others had their reputations destroyed through false witnesses. They tried to monitor all his activities, everything he did, certainly when he became a bishop. Right? They fabricated charges against him. He even spent time in, in prison. There's an iconic image that I've always liked of Pope John Paul II. I suppose many people like the, the famous image where he's shown as Pope there, sort of gazing into the camera as this this ability he had to concentrate but there's one picture I really like it's the Pope pictured in bed at the Gemelli Hospital in Rome a few days after he is shot and he's all bandaged up this would have been in May 13th 1981 so when he got shot so this would have been a few days after that when he'd been shot by this Turkish gunman uh, Mehet Ali Adga and there he is a big bandage on his arm uh, and uh, you know the, uh, the 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 IV attached to him, and uh, you know, well, I just got shot, but he's gonna basically get up, dust himself off, and keep going. Mm -hmm. That's one iconic image that shows his his courage because he must have been in a lot of pain after being shot. But the second image is precisely him now, several months later, leaning over and listening to that assailant, Aliadka, in prison. He's listening to him, he's talking to him. Journalists had taken this photo. Other journalists had tried to imagine what they were saying. They were trying to read his lips, but nobody knew what they actually said. And as far as I know, maybe it was revealed, but I, I don't know what was actually said. But it looked like a dialogue, really, of confidence there. That, too, shows his ability to not get anchored in any resentment, any anger, any bitterness about what may have happened to him. He was really a man of great fortitude. And we can ask for his intercession now to give us the fortitude that we need now to face the particular fears that we have to face now. The fears about uh, of uncertainty now with the, the pandemic. The pandemic makes us think we, we're not perfectly in control. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know how much, how many more effects, how many more people will die, whether we will get it, whether we will die. We don't know any of that. And it's a, these are times that do require fortitude. They do require strength. They do require guts and gumption and courage. And maybe John Paul II is the man for us now to have recourse to he he was always cheerful he was he was never tragic in that sense so and he said 
he said by nature human beings spontaneously fear danger affliction and suffering they spontaneously fear those things he said those who are courageous are those who are he said capable of crossing the so-called barrier of fear to bear witness to truth and justice to bear truth witness to truth and justice he said such people can be found in battlefields in hospital beds and deportation camps those who act rightly in spite of fear are real heroes well they might be in the deportation camps in hospitals and so forth and certainly people now working as healthcare workers are heroes for us just as they are in the military and so forth but they're also people just surviving now doing their ordinary work they have to be for us heroes too we have to pray for them and just to face the, the, the face da the struggles of daily life with gumption with drive and perhaps a good way to live that fortitude and that ability to overcome fear I would suggest is simply the fortitude to overcome our temptation to procrastination procrastination such a simple thing right because we often delude ourselves about what we have to do through procrastination we fear oh I have this task that I have to do which I don't like to do it's a real difficult thing and it's we, we make it such a big deal out of it that we won't be able to do it it'll be so hard to do such an unpleasant task well that we put it off but it's put off for the next day and uh, it's not going to be any easier the next day but it's just that we imagine it we delude ourselves we imagine it's going to be so huge it's like uh, I don't know embarking on Normandy and getting artillery fire from uh, you know the Germans uh, because we have to prepare a paper or something or we have to I don't know do the laundry it's it's yes it's not that always that pleasant right but face it down now even the task, for example, of getting up in the morning. We procrastinate that by pressing the snooze button. And that just ultimately leads us not to face things. Like that story of this woman who had a card in which she wrote on it, tomorrow I will get out of bed immediately. Right? And she said, this is it, I'm going to do this tomorrow I'm gonna get out of bed immediately of course she left that at her bedside and when she read it as she woke up in the morning she said about tomorrow I'll, I'll get out of bed you know so she never she never really faced the the uh, the challenge and that's what we need to the intercession of a great man a great priest a great bishop a great Pope like John Paul II right, to be strong and today October 22nd uh, 2020 Pope uh, the diocese or the archdiocese of Los Angeles on their website put out a beautiful video uh, about Pope John Paul II lots of beautiful images and uh, I mean I don't know maybe it's just me but I, I, I find it hard to see that stuff without really getting moved the great imagery in, in front of the great crowds or his the shots of him with with little children and uh, with young people and then with the old and the sick and the infirm just his ability just to truly connect with people right? uh, he, he could have just like hunkered down and been alone in a more comfortable place he had truly this drive this gumption mm -hmm. now 
most of us will not have these marvelous videos written about us or, or produced about us. This video uh, shows all these marvelous images, and there's a voiceover, which I believe is uh, Archbishop Gomez, Jose Gomez, the Archbishop of uh, Los Angeles, where he talks about this great pope. And, um, and now, we won't, we won't have that kind of thing happen to us, but we have to seek out the Lord every day, especially in those tasks which we might find a little bit um, um, difficult and fight the temptation to procrastinate. I'm sure if Pope John Paul II was able to overcome fear, he probably was able to overcome the temptation to procrastinate. You know, procrastinate is procrast, right? Procrast, which means um, like tomorrow, basically doing something for tomorrow, right? And putting it off for tomorrow, and we really delude ourselves when we and when we think we'll make it easier. Right? And um, and anyway, why do only what is easier? Why is something easy a criteria as to whether or not it should be done? Right? We should choose the good. We should choose the right thing. We should choose maybe our duty even if it indeed is maybe hard. In the end, that's where uh, the Lord will show us deep and abiding happiness. Well, in all of this, uh, Pope John Paul II certainly felt protected by Mary. He dedicated his life to her. He took as his motto on his Episcopal coat of arms in Latin, totus tuus, I am totally yours, which he addressed to Mary. Totus tuus, it's a beautiful invocation. In that sense, Mary was his strength, and she herself had received that message from the angel, and that angel told her in front of this enormous, enormous challenge, in this more enormous responsibility, the angel Gabriel said to her, be not afraid, do not be afraid. Okay? And she was also moved beyond fear, trusting in God to change history. And in this specific time of history that we are in now, the Lord invites us to be courageous, full of gumption and drive. Our Blessed Mother will intercede for us. We can say, you are totus tus, you are all mine, you will intercede for me so that I not be afraid. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.